Have you ever struggled with feeling that you're not good enough in all areas of your life? The power of developing a relationship with yourself is where that journey begins. My guest today is Tracy Litt, who is a leading major movement in the self-worth and empowerment space. Join us for a thrilling discussion about why building relationship with yourself is your ultimate health and happiness you can experience. You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less of five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Hey, Money Bosses. Anna's here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. We frequently hear conversations about wellness and how it includes a lot of different areas in our lives, but they're not all mutually exclusive. So financial wellness always stays at the top of interest for me because this is the area that I help my clients improve the most. On the other hand, when we think about wellness, most of us think that it's really centered around diet and exercise. And I think the term wellness really encompasses a lot more than just physical care and things that we do to diet, to exercise, and to look good. If you really truly want to be healthy, I think you need to learn how to create a healthy relationship with yourself. And 
I think you all agree that it's not as easy to do as it sounds. My guest today is Tracy Litt, leadership expert, mindset coach, and a spiritual advisor. She helps people across the globe to break the patterns that bind them so they can become the highest versions of themselves to create the business, the relationships, and lives of their dreams. First of all, Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am excited too. And I'd love for us to continue this conversation about this relationship that we all are really eager to build, I'm sure, even though that we may not even you know, think about it on a daily basis. So I think it'd be good for us to, um, to start by maybe hearing a little bit about your path and how you, you know, kind of got on, um, on this road and teaching people you know, about creating the best versions of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, a life of triumph uh, is really, you know, um, where it started and, and what's driven me and inspired me to show up and do what I do now. Uh, you know, from starting out as a single mother with an eight month old baby and having to recreate my life from being unemployed with a new baby to climbing the corporate ladder over the course of 12 years and um, having a really quote, you know, good job and still finding myself not satisfied. And, you know, I was making money and, and everything like quote should have been great, but it wasn't. And listening to my higher self again, and as she was calling me to really utilize myself in this lifetime to serve and access my potential leaped out of that. Uh, after sitting in fear for quite a while, which is then what inspired me to become an expert in it. And I help visionary women move through their fear seamlessly as a result. And then that landed me here opening up and starting a human growth and potential company that has now served thousands and it's been incredible. So that that's kind of the quick and dirty. It's always challenging to answer like, how did you get started? I don't know. Yeah. Where do you want to start? You know, it's a big question. So I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> No, this is awesome. Yeah, de definitely. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I, I think you mentioned fear, and I'd love for us to touch on this on this topic as well. Um, and you know, if I if I think of myself, and especially um, you know, a big transformation of becoming a mom, and you've mentioned that too. Um, I'm not sure how your eight months old. How old is your eight months now? <laughs> or seventeen and a half. She's gonna oh, be. Oh wow. Yeah, she's old. She's old now. She's older now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm sure you so when you were much further ahead in this motherhood journey, right? And so I feel like the, the idea of fear has sort of been put on hold, at least in my mind, you know, once you kind of face this reality of being responsible for another life, right, of this human being that you're raising. But of course, it's not that it's just on hold, it's still there. It's not, it hasn't gone away. So I, I'd love for us to um, to explore that a little bit more. And so one, one of the first questions I have for you is, I know you work with people and help them, you know, break these patterns that are sabotaging themselves. Mm -hmm. And so um, how do we get to, um, to a place where, you know, we're, we're loving ourselves, we're accepting ourselves uh, for, for who we are. And so why is this process is so difficult? Is it fear that's stopping us to get there? Because shouldn't yeah. there be an easier path? Shouldn't uh, we all know how to do that? Well, it's not so much that we know how to do it. There's a lot in this question too. The first piece being being willing to unconditionally love and accept yourself. All right, we have to start with the willingness and the decision before you can jump into anything else. And, you know, accepting yourself 
doesn't mean that you perhaps don't desire to uh, be healthier, be fitter, or be wealthier, or, or, or it is simply that you are willing to love and accept yourself as you are beautifully, beautifully imperfect. And that's what unconditional is. So that willingness is key. And then the second question, what really stops us from getting to where we want to go is always founded in two things, fear and lack of worth. Right. So fear will always be an underpinning of blocks that we have and the misguided notion that we have to earn our wholeness, that we have to earn our enoughness when in actual fact your birthright is that you are whole, worthy, lovable and abundant. That's the truth. You don't have to do anything. You simply have to allow that and embrace it as the truth. Mm -hmm. I also I've heard this before, and I'm not sure if it's true, but the, the word fear, right? And some people said this is an ac acronym for something like false some facts appearing real. Uh, false right? evidence you, appearing real. Yes. False evidence appearing real. <laughs> yep, yep. That's a very famous acronym for fear, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you do you subscribe to that? Do you kind of um you know you I I appreciate, you know, as you're going through a growth journey and you're expanding your consciousness is raising and you go through different levels of the journey and in the beginning i think that acronym is extremely helpful when you've raised up in your consciousness more it becomes like okay that was fine now i need to really really understand fear on a deeper level and i need to do something that's even more impactful and more conscious which is where my fear work comes into play um, because what I what's even more important to understand is the way to diffuse fear is by loving it and appreciating it. The mm -hmm. fear, the fear comes up because it is a protective biological mechanism. Thank God that is what has allowed us to procreate and be here on this podcast conversation. So to be frustrated with fear or angry at fear or annoyed or try to push it away or overcome it actually does the opposite of what you're desiring. It makes it louder and more pervasive. When you can love it and go, hi, I know you're here because you think I'm unsafe. I know you're here because you don't have evidence of me ever making that much money or wealth before. You don't have me sitting in that corner office. I've never been an entrepreneur. Whatever your, whatever is triggering the fear, it's about learning how to say, wow, thank you for showing up, but I don't need you right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I've got this. I'm building my dreams. You know, foundationally, it's so important that we understand your mind wins and your dreams lose mm -hmm. or your dreams win and your mind loses. And mm -hmm. your fear is a response of your mind. Do you do you see that? Do you agree that, for example, there's a misconception that I, and I see this a lot in the work that I do with clients. Um, about you know money or the security around money or having enough money you know really equals to our own security or like your financial worth equals to your self worth and so oh I, yeah that okay let's talk about that because I, I can't stand that so let me let me clear let me clear something up your self worth does not equal your net worth and your net worth does not equal your self self worth and conflating those two things is highly detrimental to your self esteem. 
Um, amazing. I'm so glad because it's really, it's one of those things. Every time I see someone post it, I'm like, no, 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 that's not it at all. Um, your wholeness and your worth is inherent and it's, and it's fixed. It, 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 you are fully whole, worthy and enough full stop. Now, when it comes to your net worth, it's about the service your company provides, the value, the contribution. So if you're employed by a company, let's say in a corporate career, and you're going to negotiate your salary and your promotion, you're not doing it in the merit of what you're worth. You're not putting yourself on the table to be negotiated. You're going in and you're saying the value of my work product, the value of my contribution to this company merits xyz not i am worth right it's really important to draw that distinction and let's say in an entrepreneurial world where you are taking a look at pricing your offerings you don't don't charge what you're worth and stop saying that that is just unhelpful what you're doing is you're separating yourself from the entrepreneurial services you provide and you're saying what is the value of this transformation? What is the value of this service to my client? So I think it's really important that we just stop doing that. <laughs> I know, I, I agree with that too. And, and, and you know, I, I feel, I see that a lot of this comes up with client conversations with clients when we start to look at, you know, all the financial pieces, you know, here's mm -hmm. all. And it's hard for a lot of people um, because there's shame sometimes. There's like, oh, you know, I'm, this old, I, you know, have, should have saved that much, or I'm, you know, whatever the, the, the blocks are there, or I should be better with budgeting. I should, um, you know, not have credit card debt. And, and, and then also um, where it gets even more trickier, I think, and harder for people even to progress in, in, in the planning, financial planning processes when they have families, right? They're like, okay, I'm trying to deal with my own, um, whatever, money mistakes, money blocks, you know, whatever terms people come up with. And then now I have the responsibility of raising a family and, and educating and teaching them these, you know, good money habits. So yeah. um, I, I, I very much agree that we need to like clarify that and, and stop, stop looking at all the social media things that are out there. That, that uh, yeah, I, I agree. And just to what you're speaking of, I think it's really healthy to also have a moment of awakening where you go, okay, wow, so I am now establishing a life and I have children and I want to set up different generational wealth patterns and mindset for them and, and all of those things. And the key is that doesn't give you an opening to make yourself feel bad about your prior choices. That's not helpful. Right. It's this weird um, thing that we do because we think everybody does it. So it's so widely accepted because everyone's mean to themselves or beats themselves up. So, it, you know, when you're at that crossroads where you're like, wow, OK, I'm going to take a look at my finances, which means I'm going to have to look at things I've more than likely been avoiding for a long time, um, which also, by the way, is what blocks so much of the financial flow, because what I'd like to invite all of your beautiful audience to understand is that if you personify money that the results of your finances shift dramatically. So when you personify it, you look at the relationship you have with it. If money was a person and you avoided a person, would that person want to hang out with you? No. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're throwing your bills in the corner on the counter and you're avoiding looking at your bank account, is money going to want to come be around you? 
No, right? It's an, there's an energy to money, just like there's an energy to everything. So I think that when you're at that crossroads and you're reestablishing, like doing the work with you and reestablishing your financial strength and, and, and muscles and intentions and freedom, accept and love yourself for whatever choices you made up until now. And that is going to be the best kind of springboard for you to have a successful financial future. Right. You mentioned, so the, the personification of money and then there was a relationship you're built with money. Where, so, cause we started a conversation about, you know, the relationship that you build with, with yourself. So yeah. how that, the work you do there, you know, would help someone, you know, say, okay, look at my financial situation and, and kind of see the future, not you know, necessarily reflect on the past. Like, do you have strategies or things that you found that work to help somebody get started? Yes, absolutely. And are you asking this through the lens of the relationship with self or relationship with money? Just so I make sure I know. Let's start with the, let's start with the self first. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question too, because it's directly connected, right? Like when you are, money struggles is a symptom of something deeper. It's not the money. The money is just a symptom of a deeper opportunity, let's call it, right? To heal or to get rid of something or to take a look at your relationship with yourself. So when it starts with your relationship with yourself, much like we said before, it starts with a willingness and a decision to unconditionally love yourself, which means you have, you get to love yourself now, not when you're 20 pounds lighter, not when you hit seven figures in your business, not when you have a wait list in your clients, not when you are out of your marriage or in your next relationship. If you are hedging on accepting yourself, then you are actively in a conditional love, which doesn't work. And quite frankly, you deserve more from that for yourself, right? So we have to really start that. And then from there, the next phase is some self-forgiveness, right? Like, and I'm sure you see this too, it's not, you're only carrying money shame because you haven't forgiven the version of you that you were when you made the choices, which was the best choice you knew how to make at the time, right? And somewhere inside cellularly, you're addicted to the habit of shame. There's an emotion that you're just so used to feeling, right? That you're gonna perpetuate it through your behaviors and your habits. And that's a huge part of where the lit factor work comes in and the mind magic work comes in because breaking yourself free of the emotional addiction is what opens you up the most. So I would start there. Mm -hmm. well, some of the things I've done <laughs> in my life, not necessarily, you know, on um, any particular programs or just things I've read um, in terms of like starting to build the relationship with myself. And I don't necessarily knew, know that that, you know, that's the ultimate thing, but I found that daily gratitude helps mm. me, um, you know, clarify some of these, some of these emotions, right? They may not necessarily, you know, every day get me there but even just appreciating simple things um like really simple things like a cup of coffee in in, in five minutes you know yeah. <laughs> quietly in the morning when i have my three-year-old running around things like that right and i think that the more time i take and stay consistent with it um the more i can even now to find space in my mind to think about all right um you know what else is good like what what else what else is abundant at mm. the moment 
Um, so I've been quite recommending gratitude to, to, you know, to my clients. And they sometimes they look at me like, what does this have to do with finances? <laughs> hmm, that's amazing. So actually, let me help bridge the gap there because it's even more so than everyone realizes. So I'm with you a thousand percent. Um, gratitude is, uh, it's, it's everything actually. Um, gratitude connects you back to your wholeness. Gratitude has tons of physiological, mental, emotional, benefits sleep benefits the whole thing but we'll leave those and we'll talk about money and abundance um gratitude when you feel it which is also the caveat if you're not connecting to the emotion of that state of gratitude then the gratitude benefits don't work so when you're sitting and you're drinking your coffee and a three-year-old's running around and you are you're in your body right and you're like oh i'm just so grateful right now and you can feel it it's not lip service it's not a checklist it is genuinely in your body your heart feels more open you could almost cry right because you're just like oh this is so i'm so lucky i'm so grateful that is embodying the state of gratitude when that happens what you are doing is you are opening the door to abundance because gratitude, and this is actually something that Dr. Joe Dispenza shares, and he is, uh, he's he is a chiropractor turned neuroscientist, quantum physics, uh, just a phenomenal, his body of work is incredible. And they have done brain scans and heart coherence studies that has proven that gratitude is the emotional signature of receiving. So when you are in actively, like I was saying, state, embody, oh my God, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. When you're really grateful, you are in the emotional signature and, and ability to receive. And when you want to work on your abundance, so this is something that I have proven and realized through my work, having been inspired by that knowledge of his, when you want to access your abundance, you cannot focus on working on your abundance because if you're focused on working on your abundance, you're acknowledging the lack of the abundance. When you focus on receivership, you open the door to abundance because what you're saying when you're grateful and you're connected emotionally to the signature and frequency of receivership, you're saying, I'm ready to receive. I'm open to the truth of my abundance and miraculous potentials come through that way. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. In the terms you're using, you're helpful too. So yeah. yes, I know um, in that, it's interesting that we're connecting now um, for this conversation right before, you know, one of the biggest you know holidays that, that right. start the season, right? Right, with Thanksgiving, uh, absolutely. Thanksgiving. So, I know, and so I think that um, there's a whole lot of misconception there about the, the, the gratitude and the turkey and in all that people do in the family gatherings. I think it's all good, but it's it's probably just more surface level, you know, things and traditions in our culture here in America, right? There's other countries that do this these kinds mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. So I I do invite you know folks to think about uh, this just on a deeper level than just you know family gatherings which are really important especially in the COVID phase of our life right now yeah um, I agree so yes the, the, I, I like I like this word the receivership um that you mentioned that's that completely you know shifts that that whole abundance piece um, exactly 
what um, what else do you find that works? Uh, maybe a practical step. Um, I know that one of the things for me personally is you know watching the the self talk, particularly the negative self talk, um, not mm -hmm. around gratitude, but just you know throughout throughout my day, um, especially like when when things get you know to be busy or there's pressure to perform or deliver something or do, and it's like oh my gosh, all this chaos, I am. I can't handle it. I'm, you know, I, I'm not good with this, like all of this stuff. How, how do you address that? Well, we do the work around really eradicating it, right? Really healing the wounds of your upbringing and generations that have created those limiting, disempowering beliefs and perspectives of self. We're really to, to, to show up bigger, brighter, wealthier, bolder, richer in all senses of that word, right? Not just green paper, but truly richer. We have to dig deeper and we get to take a look at where did some of these lies we believe about ourselves? Where did the, whose voice is that, right? Is it your mother's voice, your grandmother's voice, your religious leader's voice, a coach's voice? Like what, where does all that come from so that we can put it to rest and you can heal through it. And then learning how to, be so aware and I'll, I'll give you a direct how for this, but to really recognize that awareness is the key on all of our journeys, whether it's finance or, or some other area of life, because when you're aware, you notice, and when you notice, you can make new conscious choices. And that's really important. So you wake up in the morning and you're feeling amazing. And then all of a sudden midday, you start to feel low. Mm -hmm. That ability to notice that allows you to pause and go, oh, wow, let me pay attention to what's happening in between my ears. Well, yeah, I'm telling myself I suck and I'm never going to do this. And I can't right? And it's like that negative self-talk. I refer to it as the shitty committee inside of mind magic. And we identify like, what are your go-tos and how do you, uh, how do you then ask yourself, well, if I was the, like the head cheerleader and president and founder of my own fan club, what would that sound like? Right. And that's also part and parcel connected to your original question. If if we are being conditionally loving of self, we will always perpetuate negative self-talk because you're only as good as the last thing you perceived you did well. Mm -hmm. Right. And you wouldn't do that to your kids. You'd be like, hold on, I don't love you today. You didn't clean your room. Sit back down. May not say that out loud sometimes. <laughs> Come on, moms yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I, have three, I have three teenage daughters. I can be frustrated that their room's not clean, but it has no impact on my love for them, right? No, same, it's same thing. So to really understand that, and the, the most practical way to start this journey in its entirety is to understand how to slow down intermittently throughout your day, which we do through breathing practices how to choose to breathe on purpose by breathing, you know, breathing in your nose for a count of four, holding it for a count of four, breathing out for a count of four, holding it for a count of four. You do that three loops through a few times a day, your whole world will open up because you will start to notice and you'll be able to recognize like, wow, it's really interesting. I feel good in the morning, but always every day, right around one o'clock, like I'm feeling low and you realize, oh, every day at noon, I have a meeting with my boss and then I leave that meeting beating myself up. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Right. Agree. One other um, area that I think we, is worth mentioning here is this, this idea of judging ourselves and in, in the space of 
you know, financial wellness. It's like, you know, comparing ourselves to our neighbors or our, you know, family members or, um, you know, whoever and sort of saying, all right, they're doing better than I am or, you know, more successful. They have the bigger house, the bigger car, the, the you know, the better vacations and, and things like that. Um, do you, do you care to comment on that? Because that's, I, I think that's also one of those sort of thoughts that runs in, in a lot of people's heads, especially when, when they lay down their finances. And one of the questions that comes up a lot for me um, is, well, how am I doing compared to others, right? Like, is my, is my financial plan great? Is it good? Is it you know, bad? Um, and so forth. Yeah, so I would love to speak to that. Uh, this is a very kind of widely known um, quote, and I, I don't know who originated it, but it's just important to say, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and energetically, money is still energy. So, right, we're not we're not looking for uh, to, to feel less happy or less joyful. Your true depth of joy is absolutely directly correlated to your financial freedom. So that's one thing. The second thing is, is comparison is a habit that affirms negative emotional addictions. It's a habit that happens because it helps you affirm you're not enough. Nobody compares themselves into feeling better about themselves. Everybody compares themselves into feeling inferior, right? So um, it's really important that you start to pay attention. So again, here we go with noticing and awareness so that you can realize, whoa, I'm over here, you know, in, in my book, Worthy Human, I actually have, I have a lot of uh, fun, ca- like cartoon drawings. So I'm a very visual learner. So I'm a visual teacher. If you imagine lanes on a highway, right? And there's someone to the right and to the left and your lane is in the middle and you're jumped over into the right lane. You're like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. But you know, what's going, because that's what comparison is. You've left your lane. You've jumped into someone else's lane. You're all up in their business. Now you're feeling worse about yourself. And if you look over at your lane, nothing's moving forward. Why? Because you're not in your lane doing what you need to be doing, focusing on you. You've left the lane. You've jumped into someone else's, right? So it is, it's not an overnight, but it is such an easy, accessible shift to make to recognize when you're in comparison and recognize that that is exacerbating the depth of your own self-judgment, which is unquestionably an opportunity for growth. I have yet to meet a client or have someone in the world or in the community not need to work on self-judgment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, the, that's like the opening conversation I can have on comparison is stay in your lane, notice when you're feeling bad about yourself because 99.9% of the time you're in comparison. And that's where it seems. Can we talk a little bit about your book? Sure. Uh, you are the problem and the solution. So yeah. like, what does, that, what does that mean to be the problem or, and, and the solution? At the yes, time? yes, yes. So worthy human, you're the problem and the solution. Uh, it is my desire to make sure you understand that the only thing blocking everything you want is you. Mm-hmm. Right? And at first it feels a little like, oh, do I want to be there? Do I want that level of responsibility? But ultimately, that is what it is. So if you're denying yourself that you are the that you are the problem and then you're denying your ability to be your own solution. So what do you think stops us from really accepting that res- responsibility and you know taking the steps to get to that next level? 
the misconception that you're not already worthy. So that's, a, I love that you're asking that because it's the exact intention I had in titling the book Worthy Human and subtitling it because you're the problem and the solution. <laughs> if you are struggling and making your enoughness, which just for the record, wholeness, worthiness, and enoughness, all the same thing, you can choose whatever word resonates the most. If you are making your enoughness negotiable, if you are making your enoughness conditional on something that happened outside of you on the last good or bad thing you did, you will inevitably, period, full stop, no gray, never take the level of ownership and the responsibility necessary to make the changes that you are ready to make in your life. Because your ego in its purpose of protection will stop and it will not allow you to say, oh, that was all me. Remember that time that I decided to not pay that credit card bill and then my, you know, my, my credit score went down and then my fight, right? It's like, you don't wanna take that responsibility and say, oh, I'm responsible for that because it's gonna drive your, see, I told you I suck. I told you I'm not enough. And then you get caught up in that story. However, when you just jump on my train for a little while and you go, fine, okay, she said I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm going to be enough, I'm going to be worthy, like nothing can impact my worth. That means even choices I made in, in the past based on what was going on in my life, so that doesn't affect my worth either, nope, doesn't affect your worth at all. Now you can take responsibility and become the solution. Mm -hmm. I got it. Okay, that does make a lot of sense. Awesome. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love, yes. I, and so like, as, you, as you're describing this, is there, I, I know that people come to find the need for this kind of help and work, like just throughout their life, right? Everybody gets yeah. to, that, to that point differently. And one of the things I always advocate in my space for, um, you know, for, for younger generations to start learning about finances and, you know, good money management skills as early as possible, because it sets such a great stage, you know, for the rest of our lives. What do you think in your space? Like wh when would be the most appropriate to start learning this? Not when you're hurting, like a one you really need help, like as, as early. Yeah, as like, like one of the missions we're working on is getting this into the school systems. Mm -hmm. Because really, right, wouldn't you agree in your work that it would be so lovely at, at the uh, cognitive capability. So in elementary school, right? If we were to, you know, beyond, you know, we stop learning about money right after that section. I feel like it's in third or fourth grade, right? After you've done figuring out counting quarters and adding money together and doing fun little cash register money exercises, unless you grow up to go to college to choose a finance course, that's it. That's all they, there's nothing else there, right? So this is about like, like financial literacy. Right? Yeah. Same thing when it comes to your thoughts, create your life and how to calm your body down and interrupt your nervous system and create a belief structure and shift your relationship with fear. So you can be in seventh grade and go try out for that soccer team, even though the little voice in your head is saying, no, you suck. We can never start early enough. That's the fun part of the consciousness revolution that we're here and we can have podcasts and courses and programs and that human growth and potential is so incredible and only expanding more and more that one day we're going to all look well, we won't be here to see it because it's going to take a little while, but our kids kids will. And the programming in our academic structure is going to change dramatically because that needs an overhaul. So as soon as possible is my answer. Like the women 
that are in my programs are creating such generational change because their children are seeing them pause and interrupt their nervous system. Their children are seeing them take ownership and say it out loud. Their children are seeing them feeling their feelings and not suppress their emotion. The children is seeing them go after big, scary things like speaking on stages and writing books and getting big promotions, right? So in doing the work for yourself, however old you are right now listening to this podcast, start now because the best way for us to help the people in our families, our partners, our teams, and especially, most importantly, our generations to come is by doing the work on ourselves. It's like a guaranteed ripple effect. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I couldn't, I'm starting to see, and I'm sure you're, as a mom, you know, been through the journey of seeing your kids grow, and it's like, every stage has its next level. And so I guess I think, all right, what do I need personally do to be like the best example, the best version? So I think that's where that question came from. But yeah, no, I, I love that you asked it. So you, you have a, a one three-year-old? Yes. Yes, a boy or a girl? A uh, boy, Liam. Okay. Liam, oh, I love it, I love it. So, and what I you know wanna say to you and every other parent out there, unequivocally, the best way to help your child is to work on yourself. It's, 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 and, and I will go that as so far as to say, it's not even about like, let's say you have an 11 year old or a 17 year old and they're struggling or, or whatever. It's not even enough to say, I'm gonna get a coach for them or I'm gonna help them or I'm gonna put them in therapy and you not work on yourself. That doesn't fly because you're putting them back in the environment that's part of what's going on for them. Or it's Ram Das, one of the most incredible spiritual leaders said, the best thing I can do for you is work on me. And the best thing that you can do for me is work on you. Mm. How yummy is that? Like that's the world I'm living in. <laughs> I agree. I know, I, and I hear you loud and clear, 150%. Um, I, I know that, and, and you know, something that comes to mind is like, okay, and this, this is the unconditional love that you talked about, right, at the very beginning of, like, how could you not, if you really truly, you know, love your family, whoever it is, right, I'm thinking about kids and then the next generation, so, yeah, I think, I think it's a great way to, to tie all of this together, I'd love for you to share how our listeners can connect, where they can get your book, and stay in touch with you, I know you have um, TED Talks, and all, all yeah. interesting things that I already talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. So the best place to go is to my website, thelitfactor.com, and it's lit with two T's, so L-I-T-T, factor.com. Um, and right there, you'll see where the human and TEDx and all the other different wonderful things we have available to you, including what would she do, which is a three-part free gift audio training um, that you can get on the website or by going to whatwouldshedo.net. Fantastic, thank you so much, and I will be happy to include the links in the show notes. Again, Tracy, thank you so much. I very much enjoyed our conversation and uh, your, your wisdom on this topic. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, 
then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.